From the southernmost point of Dorne to the lands of always winter, what is west of Westeros and the shadows in the east, this is Casterly Talk, a podcast be re- being recorded live on YouTube with technical problems holding Ken back all at once. But guess what? He's not alone this time. Oh, no. And by, by him, I mean me. Oh, gosh. I have three cameras up. Only one's working. That's right. I'm on the old MacBook cam today. Oh, we're going to talk about that. But I'm not alone. To get uh, through some juicy news topics today is uh, a, 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 a great cat around these parts. He's been on the show before. He's uh, written in questions before. And he is the host, creator, producer of Octo Radio, a wonderful Star Wars podcast. Please welcome back to the show, Alden Diaz. Alden, how are you doing, and- buddy? And that's why the book of Boba Fett. Oh, oh yeah, hold on. Sorry. An instinct. I saw a camera and I, I freaked out. I had to have a take. Uh, <laughs> no, it's good to be here, man. Yeah. It's exciting. It's uh, great to be here. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, if you're listening on the podcast, which I always say this is a podcast first, uh, but hopefully you're subscribed to the Castle Talk YouTube channel. I am on uh, my MacBook cam, which is the worst fate of the world. When you have expensive cam links, uh, high-tech gear, cords, uh, and then literally as I sat down to record uh, and bring Alden onto the show backstage, all the cameras were like, nah, not today. Not today. It's like, it's, it's, why, why would it be simple? Why, you know, would, it why be simple? would it ever be simple? But it doesn't matter. I got a, a great guest here today. Uh, Alden, you, you, you're wearing a shirt, Sir Brienne of Tarth. But it almost yes. looks Star Wars writing. Is this a crossover? What is this? I can't only see the title. It's just uh, her, huh. her whole title by the end of the show there. The Night of the Seven Kingdoms. It was, uh, I think it was after season eight, the HBO.com store, which I never bought anything from because sometimes right. it's like, you know, expensive. After season eight, they were like, here's some merch. And it was all like <laughs> half price. I was like, I'll grab a brand shirt real cheap. <laughs> it's almost scary. Like everything must go. The store's closing. Get on out of here. Get on yeah. out of here. Uh, we're going to talk about some wonderful news stories today. The Game of Thrones rewatch uh, will continue. I was all set. I had uh, season four, episode three, Breaker of Chains. I watched about half of it. Was making my notes, and then some other things happened. And it just took took my day away. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll go live. That was a lot of fun. A couple weeks ago, a lot of people in chat interacting, and, and maybe I'll reach out to Alden. And then, hey, guess what? We actually. We actually have news stories to talk about, Alden. Uh, this is kind of exciting stuff here, yeah? It's exciting to have news, and it's ex- particularly exciting to have news with some movement. Like, yeah. some of the news is drama. But then the other news is, like, it's not about a pilot that we'll never see. It's not about uh, projects being greenlit randomly that are years down the road. Like, this is, <laughs> like, feels like it's happening, happening. It so. feels like it's happening. We're, so the, the, the story here uh, that is... Uh, coming down the, the pipeline here and i love going i love shouting out the wonderful folks at two uh news sites again ken looking at the wrong camera get with the kid looking at the I, I look at two news sites often winter is coming.net and watchers on the wall both are great sources for game of thrones news put together by wonderful people so i always like to shout them out i am part of a larger game of thrones ecosystem here uh and and the story is is pretty simple we've got this uh long I won't even say long rumored. People have just wanted Duncan Egg, the series of uh, uh, novellas from George R. R. Martin set about 100 years before or so uh, around the time frame we're super familiar with from the show. Uh, people wanted Duncan Egg and as a show and looks like that might be moving forward to some degree. This is a variety report uh, saying that HBO has found a writer, Steve Conrad, uh, best known for Pursuit of Happiness, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, among other things, including uh, the TV series Patriot, uh, to, uh, is, is going to be uh, putting this show together, at least uh, a 
pilot or, or something like that to move it forward. Alden, uh, are you one of those Duncan Eggers who you need? I was like Bobby Heenan saying ham and Eggers. Are you a Duncan Egger who's excited about this? You know, I'm not a Duncan Egger in the sense that I've read the novellas. I have to yep. admit that I haven't. But it's one of those things that when you sort of lay it out, you know, uh, I'm a big Marvel Comics guy, obviously yeah. Star Wars. So sometimes you you haven't read the arc or you haven't read, you know, that one book in Legends. But then when somebody is like, well, th- these are the, the core beats. And then what they alluded to, you know, with mm. Maester Eamon, you know, in, in the show and, and, yeah, right. and like those things, like it makes you feel like oh, I'd like to see that, especially because. You know, you want you love to get your loved ones into into things, and yeah. the challenge with Thrones was always, ah, but that's a that's a lot of characters. That's a, isn't yeah. it confusing? Isn't it this and that? To do that world, but hone in on a couple of guys to me is very interesting. Yeah, it, it, you know, honing in on a couple of guys is it, I, every time this show is described by like the new staff at WinnersComing.net as that term, this term, a uh, low stakes series, just meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fate of the fate of Westeros might not be in balance. It's just revolved around these guys uh, uh, and, and their stories. And there's obviously big stuff that goes along. And and that's you. You and I would. It's impossible not to bring Star Wars into some of our conversations. We're a fan of the right. movie Solo, a Star Wars story, which uh, didn't sit well with everyone for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons sometimes that I, I hear a lot is uh, the, the stakes weren't high enough. It just was this mm-hmm. little adventure, and that sometimes is hard for a movie to do. But a Game of Thrones show, I think low stakes, and I'm putting quotations around low stakes. I think that could work. Yeah. Yeah, I think it works narratively because it, it, it creates a juxtaposition, especially as they start to branch out. There's obviously House of the Dragon coming down the pipeline, yeah, coming in hot, you know, quite hot, literally, hot, dragon hot. fire. Yeah. Uh, and then there was also the but West End play about Hall that's right. in the works. Like all these things that are either important or huge or both. Yeah. To have this, especially with like Amazon having Lord of the Rings coming, like, the Witcher expanding, like yeah. w- where's the fantasy realm right now not going? And it's not really going to like, this is about friendship or yeah. this is about allyship. And you look at this guy's credits, Steve Conrad, Walter Mitty, Pursuit of Happiness, you know, is a, a mm. tearjerker of a father-son story. He also wrote this this film Wonder, yeah. which I've seen the film and I've read the novel. And it's just about a little boy who, you know, suffers from a, a facial deformity and, Owen Wilson and Julia Roberts are his parents. And it's just about him going to school and like making friends. And it's such a good movie. And it feels like this could be somehow wholesome for this brutal world. Wholesome for this brutal world. That's interesting because uh, Dan Selke, uh, the writer over at Winter is, is Coming.net that I was you know, reading this news bite from as he was kind of pulling in stuff from the Variety article. Uh, he, he said, hey, you know, for those not f- super familiar with it, it's, it's not unlike, say, Bran and Podrick uh, mm. and got their own series. Now, again, uh, they're, you know, Egg is uh, attached to the Targaryen name. I, I, I don't want to fully spoil it for people who haven't uh, taken that dive in. And they're very great stories. They're very fun. I, I get the appeal. Um but, you know, I don't, I think that could work. I, I'm confident, at least I want to be confident, that a smaller series, like you said, tied to the big picture would be fun. But I don't know. And the question back to you is, as someone who's not familiar with them, but you're so familiar with this world that we do love, is mm-hmm. it kind of like the Star Wars stuff where an offshoot will interest you, where we do want the story of Dexter and his diner and when he opened for business? Uh, you know, this is bigger than that. But do you think that yeah. will work as a show in the world of Game of Thrones? I think it will. And, and part of it is because a, I think that people, 
Um, whether they, you know, you get these think pieces like season eight kicked it out of the public consciousness. It's like, well, first of all, mm. come on. But second of all, uh, we're still debating know, it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're still talking about it all the time. Just the the, the words George R R Martin could create, you know, a new cycle for the day. So a kerfuffle, um, I like to say. Yeah, a, a kerfuffle. You know, uh, uh, some some what is it? Uh, what's what's that word? Uh, just something too- dash boulder dash. Boulder That's dash. What I was like, yeah. It creates boulder dash on the internet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's aside that aside, there's also. The, the the mentality of this is HBO doing mm-hmm. it. And from what we can tell, at least so far, it's not going to be do your take on the book, do your take on the book. Th- this will be yeah. a prequel to Game of Thrones, just in yeah. the way that, you know, if there was ever any doubt that House of the Dragon was going to be in Benioff and Weiss's take, yeah. the shot of the throne everything. Yeah. Letting people know. So I would not be surprised if, you know, Peter Jackson is on the mind a lot, yeah. uh, especially with get back coming in. I know you were, you were, you were probably watching the, um, the sixth hour of it. <laughs> I'm in my, we- <laughs> I'm in my second viewing of the entire get back doc. Yes. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm yeah, one oh, of yeah. those Beatles fans. So yes. Yeah. So like with, with Peter on the mind, he did his Hobbit movies. I yeah. like them, you know, the yeah, controversial, get you. Yeah. but he also was like, I'm not just adapting the Hobbit. I'm prequelizing what I already did. Yeah. Maybe I'll put Legolas in there. So I wouldn't be surprised if Duncan Egg happens and they're like, what if Duncan Egg visited some locations they didn't visit in yeah. the novellas? Yeah. Maybe they, cause I don't know if they show up at like the wall or something like that, but maybe they go to the wall. Maybe they have to go through fully bottom and we're like, Oh, I recognize that. I recognize that. So I, there's gotta be some of that at play. Yeah. And that to me feels like, good for the the fans of game of thrones but also you know just good for the casual who's like the throne Thr- hey, I, yeah i see the throne yeah uh system of fox points out uh, yeah we could have a walder frey cameo in duncan egg uh we can go back yeah. to those phrase and shout out to people watching live here on the youtube channel like andrew cook check it in over there from new zealand michael mccartsville ranger donald is here as well he's got a comment we'll read about the show lauren romo says seven blessings to y'all she was on the last live news show with us here um so you know ranger donald uh our, our regular uh viewer here listener uh here uh, says uh, this this comment here, a, a rider being added doesn't excite me at all just because we see it all greenlit to a full pilot be canceled, but that's just me. This is kind of a reference to uh, like the Bl- Blood Moon, which actually Jan Goldman series, which actually goes to pilot and, and it doesn't yeah. go to series, which happens, of course, we know all the time, but there was a lot of press, a lot of anticipation around that one. So uh, are, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do, you, do you hear this news and take it with somewhat of a grain of salt or does your excitement maybe bubble over? Uh, it, it's, it's somewhere, I, I get that viewpoint totally, especially after Blood Moon, you know, mm-hmm. like it, cause it was weird, right? Coming off of Thrones, I felt like even with eight's controversy, I mean, it was, it was doing, yeah. you know, bombshell, uh, ratings every time it was still a, a worldwide event. Um, yeah. you know, I, we were at Star Wars Celebration when season eight started. I remember being on the flight home. I went home the Sunday night, like the second the plane lands, I'm watching it. I don't care if I'm tired. <laughs> like, so it was so big that I felt like anything that gets greenlit will happen. Right. And then yeah. Blood Moon put a dent in that. Yeah. And so I understand a lot of the, the trepidation, um, you know, on the mm. Star Wars side of things. We're, I think we're more accustomed maybe to like, oh, Rangers isn't happening. That's cool. We have this. So like, mm. I guess maybe with a smaller sample size, it could be a little concerning. Like one Martin show went, one did not. Thrones, yeah. Blood Moon. Um, but one for it seems like they definitely are in the business of like, 
you know, we're in the franchise business now. Yeah. Um, so yeah. many conversations that it does give me a little bit of confidence. And then also going back to it being kind of a two hander, it's cheap. Yeah. Cheaper anyway. Cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Cheaper. Yeah. So I, I think what was the blood moon pilot? I, saw, I think I was just reading today, 30 million, I believe. I yeah. Think. Yeah. It was like extremely, extremely expensive and it had like a big cast and mm-hmm. you know, Naomi Watts, I think was in right. that. Yeah. And so it was going to yeah. be like no slouch. So yeah. So Systems Fox comes back with this live comment here in the show. Thank you, System. Uh, Westeros feels like its own character. It's always nice to go back and visit, uh, specifically mm-hmm. with a more focused and personal story like Dunkin' Egg. I think that's a great point. Uh, I kind of, you know, I always say I study the maps. I'm one of those fans. I know you are too, Alden, where you just might pull yeah. out a map of uh, Westeros or Essos and study it for an afternoon, because why not? So, yeah, getting to explore it, I think that's an appeal to the hardcore fans. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's part of the magic already of House of the Dragon is just thinking like, wow, you know, are we going to see, you know, House Rain and like all of that stuff and and immediately thinking about like, what could I see at this time? What would Winterfell look like, you know, Mm. way before the days of Ned? And uh, it just becomes immediately intriguing in the same way that, you know, it is with Star Wars and you know, I, this seems comparable to me to like something like a Mandalorian season one. Yeah. Like it's about this guy and his kid and we'll see some people along the way. And then season two, maybe season two of a potential Dunkin' Egg starts to, in the same way, bleed into the bigger world. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have conversations with a younger Eamon as he goes yep. behind or something like oh, that. So, that. you know, there, there's a lot of that potential. It feels like everybody across these franchises though, has their sights on, like shared universe, shared universe. Yeah. Um, they don't have the films to support it. Like maybe a Marvel does, but right. that's where we are right now. People love to have different angles on things. Uh, different angles. Indeed. I love the idea of a, of a young, uh, uh, uh Aemon Targaryen before maybe I'm going to go become a maester, uh, you know, drive yeah. me to drive me to school egg, um, or a dunk. Yeah. And, and I, we can get into the, if this moves forward, I'd love to explore the themes and maybe after you take a swing through uh, the novellas or even the graphic yeah. novel versions, which I have, which are just wonderful. Uh, I love reading those. Um, there's some great themes and smaller and relationships and friendships and class systems and all those kind of things are at play. Mm. So I think that works well, but as far as Westeros as a character, yeah, for, for fans like this, you know, I, 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 you could give me a, a documentary on all 998, 99 kings, uh, uh, you know, or, or uh, Lord Commanders of the Night's Watch, and I'd be, I'd be thrilled. It wouldn't even, no, no narrative, just give me one through, one through 998, just let me read all their histories. Yeah, like where's the, you know, you, I know you love baseball. Where's like the baseball card packs of just <laughs> assorted lords? Like just like some fun facts and a, and a, and a portrait. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, just getting those lore dumps, you know, and sometimes people say. <laughs> lore it's, dumps. It's, yeah, it's like, oh, it's fan service, it's exposition. Like I resent the term fan service. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I think it's yeah. it's, a bu- it's an easy too. buzzword. Yeah, it's yeah, an easy it, buzzword. Completely easy. Um, yeah. Everybody, you know, you're lying if you don't want to see more of this world. I mean, go, going back to like the Hobbit trilogy, like it was a prequel that yeah. was controversial. Star Wars fans don't know anything about controversial yeah, no, prequels. No. Uh, even Harry Potter fans. I mean, yeah, you know, it's rough time to be a Potter fan in that way, but yeah. people still will say, oh, those movies are rough, but it was really cool to see the American wizards. Right. Like there's always something. Yeah, no, in, in regards to that and, and uh, shout out to Victor Bracamontes in chat as well. We always appreciate your support. Um, 
you know, seeing characters you're familiar with, I think if done correctly, really helps expand the story. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I, I flat out just resent the term fan service. I think it's lazy uh, criticism, particularly the Star Wars sets. Not, not that, that it isn't there sometimes or isn't the basis of a lot of this. Nostalgia drives all these things. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. we, you and I could talk a long time about George Lucas was like, you know what I'd like to do? Uh, make a movie that I would love as a 12-year-old. Let me take my own nostalgia and put it on screen in 77. Uh, but things yeah. about, you can see a uh, system of Fox with another great co uh, comment here. And I know you're not super familiar yet with the story, Alden, but would, uh, would blood Raven become a main character? Because he's mm. there. He's pretty prominent. Uh, it's not uh blood Raven. That's uh, up at the uh, North of the wall, hanging out in a tree waiting for brand. But if it's, right. if you can tie it to that way and kind of expand that uh, 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 story, I think, uh, and it's not just about that. We're, we're here for the themes, here for the relationships and what the story is trying to tell us. But I think it would be fun. And I, and I don't think, I, I think people would, despite any tastes in, in mouths over the last couple of years of Game of Thrones and how it ended, I think they'd be excited to explore that world. Because again, I, I think System of Fox is right. Westeros and its lore is a character. Absolutely. And you're going to get to those points. Let's say this is Greenlight. It goes a few seasons. House of the Dragon goes a few seasons. And we're in this crazy place where we have a spring show and a fall show for yeah. Game of Thrones, let's say. Um, yes, I love that. I guess ice and fire proper. <laughs> you'll have these moments where you'll have conversations like on a rewatch. Yeah. It's like, oh, Joffrey going through you know, the white pages and they're yeah. like, oh, they referenced Duncan the tall. Oh, Duncan, he's in the, he's he's in the, in the show. Thing. He's in the so thing. So then you'll have that. And then, you know, if House of the Dragon goes full fire and blood and takes us, you know, further mm -hmm. down, maybe they do their seasons about the dance and then they're like, let's yeah. kick it down further to the next generation. Are yeah. we going to see like some characters pop up in one that pop up in the other, you know, in yeah. that hundred year sort of crossover point? You know, these are these executives right now that are like, ask the George, ask Martin if it's possible to do some connecting. Oh, um, well, we, oh, we'll talk about asking George. Uh, well, yeah. final comment here from uh, Michael McCarthy. The lore is uh, what interests me the most in G the GOT world. I care so much more about the history and myths than the ongoing politics. Uh, uh, and, you know, you hear the other side, too, of ah, magic and everything. I like the politics. And, hey, it, I love everyone come to the table with the perspectives of it. But I think fans like uh, Michael, even if I'm assuming Michael is familiar with, with Duncan Egg, but yeah. I, you know, I think learning more and, and going around. I love your idea of touring, uh, touring Westeros. Let's go up to the wall. Let's go down to Dorne and let's just meet the world and see what happens. Yeah. And, it, and with that, you know, the, the politics versus magic, yeah. you know, conversation they're setting themselves up in a way, whether they mean to or not, just from, you know, yeah. if we're, if we take all these rumors as being a thing, even mm -hmm. including blood moon, which didn't go, would have been very high fantasy, at least from what we understand the original long night, that type yeah, yeah. of stuff probably would have seen a lot of creatures that have been gone. Uh, yeah. the, the, maybe the giants during a heyday, that type of stuff. <laughs> Duncan egg, you know, he's this hedge knight yeah. squire. We're wandering. That feels almost traditional sort of Arthurian yeah. house of the dragon. Very obvious what that'll be. And then game of Thrones was deceit, sex, yeah. lies. These are all different fantasy facets mm -hmm. and it feels like why not have all of them? And yeah. that's an advantage that ice and fire has because yeah. when Amazon does Lord of the Rings, it kind of needs to be Lord of the Rings. You know, it, it, it yeah. it's not like you can have the, Here's the yeah. sexy one in Lord of the Rings. Here's the comedic one in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and and depending how it's how it's presented, I think you know, uh, Game of Thrones, the show, needed to be about what it was. And I and I always there was one uh, friend of mine. I, I didn't. It wasn't even an argument, but it just like his, his view on it is like, ah, season eight made the world too small. 
And it's like, mm-hmm. but, but by season eight, you're not going to get to House Forrester or House Glover. Yeah. You're going to stick with Starks, yeah. Targaryens, Lannisters. But another show, another series could explore that, other games and everything that have expanded. And I think they're an interesting spot, which I want to ask you since I have you. I've been talking mm-hmm. to a wall myself here on the show about this, which I, I do love yeah. doing. But I love being able to take a, a breath and, and have you talk while I drink. Mm. <laughs> I don't do oh, that. Oh, yeah. Fill time. Fill time. Fill time. Um, this this expansion and potentially rapid expansion of the Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire world on HBO, and specifically mm. HBO Max, uh, is, uh, is, is, is happening because of the streaming wars. It's happening because... No. We got all these all these franchises and IP, and it's a grab for territory on this land. Which, by the way, I'm I'm happy with. But I want to know your opinion. What do you feel as a fan when you're like uh, two animated series? Uh, this being developed, this is it too much? Do you worry? Is that even come up? Are you just like I'm in the world? Give it to me all, and what a time to be a fan. I am firmly in the what a time to be a fan. You know, I I know that on all of your shows. We get into food metaphors a lot. I love the buffet metaphor. I've used yeah. that in my life yeah. when it comes to Star Wars. And I feel that way about Game of Thrones. And I think that part of it, I, you know, I've explored this even on Octo Radio because uh, I have a, a wide, uh, I think like our, my youngest guest on Octo Radio was nine. Mm. Uh, and then my my oldest guest was probably like in their 50s or 60s. And so there's been- No, I'm, fo- I'm 45. I'm 45. <laughs> Ken, Ken oh, is, is okay. the three-eyed raven. Okay. I dug him out of the tree to come on. But, uh <laughs> It's been interesting, specifically when you get into the people that are, uh, you know, I was born in the mid 90s. And so I came up in the I was being inundated by Jackson's Lord of the Rings, the Raimi Spider-Man's, you know, the the beginning of Harry Potter. I sort of came up in all this TV, Avatar, The Last Airbender. I feel like I was trained in a lot of ways Mm. to do this. You know, and it's not like it's some (laughs) hardship, but like I grew up reading comics. I grew up, Mm. you know. Um, mm. engaging in all this nerd media, yeah. the the growing up online, it doesn't feel to me as daunting as maybe it feels for somebody like, you know, my, my stepdad just watched Mandalorian. He's a great example. Right. Loved Mandalorian. He binged two seasons. Uh, when Luke showed up at the end, he was like, oh, like th- it's this time. Because yeah. the whole time he'd been asking me questions like, is Where that Yoda's it? baby? Is that Yoda? Is that Yoda as a baby? Like questions like that. And then finally it was clarified to him when yeah. we're talking about for him, yeah. it would probably be a lot. That, um, mm, sorry. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. but for nerds, no, no, it's okay. But, but yeah, but for, for nerds and, and geeks and people that are all about this, you know, someone who like me, who's going to stay up and watch the next Hawkeye and all that stuff. It just becomes like, I can prioritize, I can do this uh, and, and see how it flows. And, and honestly, with having faith in the creators, all it takes yeah. is a proper schedule. Look at Star Trek. I mean, Trek is the quietest and maybe most cordial, very fittingly, yeah, the yeah. most cordial and, and put together and studious of the fandoms. It like is. you don't really hear a lot of drama. They've got like four shows going and it, right. they seem to be handling it pretty well. That's so. <laughs> you're speaking some truths here, man. I love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Star Trek. Now that, you know, again, not that they're uh, without their debates and, uh, you know, I yeah. remember when that new series popped up a couple years ago. Uh, is this really Star Wars? Of course. But yeah, you're right. It's, it's built a little differently here. And uh, Laserbolt's checking in. Hey, Laserbolt, how you doing? Uh, I love your point. Uh, and this is why it is important to have uh, 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 guests and commentators of, of all ages and perspectives and backgrounds and upbringings. I love hearing what you're saying about, hey, I, I, I was built for this. I, I've, I've trained. I, I, I can do this all day uh 
of diving into these big worlds and these movies and connected uh, media because uh, this is what I've lived with where for me it was uh, three movies, some you know comic books in the 80s over Star Wars, not even talking yeah. about the 90s and expanding universe, but this was my little world and I, I daydreamed about it all. And then when it starts coming, you start, you know, maybe you're not conditioned for it as much as you are. I think that's a great mm -hmm. point. And Game of Thrones is just another one of those things. It's like we're, we're all, all systems go and moving forward. Yeah, because it, it doesn't even feel foreign almost. Like it's like, oh, oh, Thrones is doing it now too. That makes sense versus yeah, more yeah. so like, oh, Thrones is going to try to expand. I mean, I, I remember my uncle taking me to see Iron Man 1 and he had mm -hmm. read an article coincidentally saying stay after the credits which at the time we had to train to <laughs> do yeah right yeah and and we were there and you get that line of like the avengers initiative and my brain immediately went to like oh so they're gonna like it just made sense like i've yeah. read avengers i've played marvel video games i understand like what's gonna happen here like mm. i can't wait for the avengers movie and it yeah. just felt right i remember those those phase one films or uh you, you know those those early even mm -hmm. even early Breaking Bad days when people would talk about, oh, wouldn't it be cool to see like a young Gus thing? And yeah, yeah. now we have Better Call Saul. So it just feels like uh, this is the time we live in now. It, it is. It, 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 uh, uh, turning this into a weird generational media consuming conversation. Um, mm. I, yeah, like like I, I, I'm not super familiar with, with, with Breaking Bad, which my fiance Grace will yell at me to the end of time, rightfully so. Uh, but, you know, Better Saul, Saul comes along. That's a spinoff. A lot of people in my generation, to us, spinoff means, well, Frasier worked, but the Tortellis didn't. And most spinoffs are crappy second yeah. generation cash grab for what came before. That's not necessarily the case anymore. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes even I take that into the conversation about Game of Thrones spinoffs. Where I'm like, oh, yeah. ugh, you know, are we going to, are we going to, is this Aftermash? What are we doing here? Back off. Aftermash. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Is that doing reverse engineering it? Yeah. I grew up. Uh, there was like a, a UPN block. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. I think it was UPN yeah. and it was Frasier, Star Trek Voyager, and maybe Friends. I like two of right. those. Uh, <laughs> and I, <laughs> my mom used to put it on for me because she didn't care what I watched. Yeah. You know, to, to, to my benefit and to her detriment. Yeah. Uh, you raise a kid on Frasier, you, you get one like me. Um, there you go. I had no idea it was a spinoff until I was a teenager. Did not know oh, of, of Frasier. Oh, that's awesome. Didn't know. That's didn't awesome. care. Didn't. Then I found out. I was like, wait, there was like a Frasier Crane prequel. <laughs> like, is, is, is that what it was like? He was a main. They were like, I think it was one of my teachers. I was like, no, no, no. He popped in and it was like a thing. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> with that in mind and then coming yeah. up in the MCU age and all this stuff, mm. it actually surprises me that it took us until the mid 2000s and 2010s mm. to really get this going. Like, you know, I'm not a Friends fan, but, you know, Friends had the Joey spinoff. Right. It's like, I look back on that and I'm like, how did they not get that going? Like, and, and how, how did that not, not succeed? Yeah. How was there not an Uncle Jesse show? How did Steve Urkel not get his own show? Like, right. I look back and I'm like, oh, you fools. We could have had this so much earlier. You know? <laughs> Fly, you fools. Uh, yeah. I wanted to, this is a, a little change of pace here. Lord Robo says, I would watch a Night King series of him returning and preparing his invasion. I love that idea because I think I kind of view it as a silent film series. No dialogue, just the Night King back up and running and gathering his army. Yeah, I, or, or get Taika on, you know, what we do north of the wall. Uh, and it's, all for that. Yeah. All for <laughs> it's that. Just, it's just, uh, you know, White Walker is like, no, he's, he's going to send you south this time. 
Yeah. Like, no, you got to go down there. That snow kid's going to cut you down. It's, but it's funny, even <laughs> talking about that, what we do in the shadows, I love that movie. And then the series, I didn't watch the first season when it was live. Because yeah. I was like, in my brain, I was like, is a spinoff of the movie? Uh, no, thanks. And I, I think I, you're on to something big. You're kind of blowing my mind all enough. Just I think I was conditioned to be like, I remember the Ferris Bueller TV show. No, I'm not going to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> and then here, what we do in the shadows is is absolutely one of my favorite shows. What we do in the shadows, and then Wellington Paranormal, yeah, just like in that world, and and it happens yeah. so slowly, and then you realize like, oh, it just makes sense. Like my mom today, like today, I got to go tell my mom, mom. Look, there's a trailer for a Sex in the City sequel television show because that's one of her favorite yeah. shows of all time, probably her favorite show. And she's like, "It's a movie?" I said, "No, it's another season." She's like, "Did on here. Netflix?" I was like, "Well, it's going to be streaming. I'll explain it to you later." But yes, another season. Like we're we're in the you know, keep it topical. Like, what does Dead Men Ever Die? Like yeah. anything could happen. I, I think yeah. that we bring up Frasier. They're doing more Frasier. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. And and it's weird because it, it does get to this reboot and we're kind of looking back and that's when the nostalgia conversation comes out. But I, I just think, mm. why limit yourself? If there's if there's truly stories to tell with another season of Will and Grace, then do it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But these are characters that exist. They exist in our hearts and minds. Uh, go explore them. Explore them at different ages and different times and different worlds and, and give it a shot. There's so much content out there uh, available, for, so much slots for content, uh, how many apps I own and, and, and try to operate. Mm-hmm. It, it makes sense. And going back to the Game of uh, Game of Thrones thing, yeah, I, 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 and System of Fox, another great comment of, uh, the announced animated series has a lot of potential. Hopefully the discuss House of Dragon encourages HBO to delve deep into animation exploring planets. Uh, love that idea. Um, I, I, I always hint at it. I can't say too much, but I, I, I've heard... Uh, I, I, I've been around some of the conversation around some of the animated stuff. It's mm. it's pretty potentially spectacular. And again, the same thing. You and I going back to Star Wars, Lauren Romo and Chad, host of uh, Galactic uh, Podcasts. We love talking Star Wars. Rebels and Clone Wars are in the whole thing for us. It's, we don't differentiate. It's it's Star Wars content. I think the Game of Thrones animated shows, no matter where they are in the, in the eras and in, in the timeline, I think a lot, lot of potential to expand the stories. Yeah, and, and and again, it's it's we are training the generation uh, to have a the spinoff mentality like we've been discussing, but also uh, my nephews have even less of a differentiation than we do about yeah. that type of stuff. Like we, as Star Wars fans, took a journey towards seeing uh, Clone Wars as an equal to yeah. the films. You know, I remember walking out in two thousand eight of the Clone Wars film being so jazzed seeing mm-hmm. 501st cosplayers at the movie theater, yeah. but not seeing anyone really talking about it. People just went to their cars. Yeah. And, and I, even as a kid in 08, I was like, but there was, it was a star yes, Wars I- movie. <laughs> and don't you guys, we thought it was over and yeah. he made another one Keep and going, yeah. people treated it as this, you know, redheaded stepchild. And it was so uh, revelatory mm-hmm. in a weird way. And now we've come to the point where we can consider it all equal yeah. to the point where today I gave my nephew a stack of the, uh, the, the YA and, and junior higher public books that I had already read and finished. And I said, here, read these. This is the order you read them in. His first question was, are they going to pop up in a show or a game? Wow. Yeah. And he's, cause his brain, it's all the same. That's- and I think that we are, yeah, um, we're, we're headed into that place. So. 
I love it. And some great uh, ideas in chat. Actually, my favorite is Lauren Roma going, wait, there was a Ferris TV show. Yes, there was. There was a Ferris T uh, Bueller TV show. And then there was also a show called Char uh, Parker Lewis Can't Lose, which was a similar vibe. One of them, I forget, I think Jennifer Aniston was in the Ferris Bueller one as the Jennifer Grey role, his sister. I think someone checked me on that. Oh, the history of bad TV from the late 80s. Oh, that's 90s. wild. That's fantastic. Yeah. Again, uh, that's another thing where it's like, Get Matthew Broderick in there. Maybe <laughs> yeah. Ferris is a teacher now. Like, yeah, love it. You do it. Love it. Uh, kind of moving on here. Uh, actually, this is to completely off topic, but I do have to address it. Laserbolt says, says, a little off topic, but I need Ken's take on Get Back. We don't have the three hours that I would need to <laughs> properly give my take, Laserbolts. I started to give it a little bit on Force Center this week uh, for Joseph, and I had to stop myself. Uh, I absolutely love this. I love Get Back. It is uh, nearly nine hours of, of every second mesmerizing me. And I know it's not for everyone, even for even some Beatles fans are telling me, eh, I found it kind of boring. It wasn't just the reveals. It wasn't everything. It was the themes and the lessons mm. I was taking from it. That's why I love talking about mm -hmm. that stuff in Star Wars with Joseph at Game of Thrones with people like you and Lauren and everyone else because the themes and lessons are what I take and how I apply to my soul. Love it. I learned so much from watching yeah. the Beatles at that time, learning revelations, not just narrative changing story stuff, but learning about how it's possible or you need to, when you grow apart from people close to you, how there are good ways to do it and bad ways to do it. I mm -hmm. loved every second of that series. So, My contribution is this meme that I saw earlier that mm -hmm. said, a nine-hour trilogy directed by Peter Jackson about four shaggy-haired little lads on an epic quest to fulfill an impossible task. It's so true. <laughs> Choose. It's, so it's fantastic. True. I, I can't wait. I haven't taken the dive in because I'm waiting yep. for it to be the weekend. Yeah. Because I, I want to just order a pizza and probably two pizzas. Uh, Smart. And just knock out the entire thing. But I yep. am... Uh, so pleased for people watching. The first thing I did when it dropped was message Ken. Yes, I know a couple of us were fortunate to get, get you know, some yeah. screeners or whatever. And I was yeah. like, if you like this, then I know they, they hit it. Yeah, uh, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, so uh, I'm actually going to be talking more about it on my show. Ken goes live on my own YouTube channel. If you head over there, folks, uh, if you're listening uh, now here on YouTube, it's going to be live uh, Wednesday, December 1st, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific on my Twitch channel. And then I'll go upload uh, to YouTube after. That's going to be a, uh, every week going forward. So I'm going to spend some time talking about uh, Get Back Everything and including the big revelations. The, the Beatles lore was on display. Lore is mm. important. Uh, uh, all the, in the time we have left here, uh, hopefully not to keep uh, either of us from our, our dinners, um, we do have some other news that dropped over the last couple of days that put me down a grumpy path, which I never like to be on. Uh, and I also want to be clear, I never want to be, I know I am a, a beanie-wearing, bearded man in his home studio on the internet. And I, uh, I don't want to come off as, uh, just quite frankly, an a-hole who's uh, wagging a finger at uh, someone tremendously more talented me than me, like George R. R. Martin. But a lot of stuff emerged from this book that's going to come out about kind of the history of HBO and pushing frontiers in TV, which, by the way, they have done. And it's been making the rounds about George R. R. Martin saying, after season four, Dan and Dave went off my template, and that's when I started to separate a little bit. Uh, and then uh, I, used, I, I flew to New York and begged, uh, you know, HBO to make 10 seasons. And this is his uh, representative, his agent, uh, Paul uh, Haas, I believe, uh, saying it. I have the story up. I can mm -hmm. check. 
And I and, and Alden, and, and, excuse me as I, I ramble for a second, but like I, I saw that, I got immediately grumpy. I got immediately grumpy at George, uh, and 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 it took me down dark paths that I don't love to go as a fan because here I is. This this is just four of the books that I love tremendously because we're here having a show talking about this world. Um, George can do and say what he damn well pleases. I just get grumpy because this stuff gets spun and spun and spun around to, I believe, false narratives and 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 weak criticism on not just a show that I love def- love defending. I love def- I'll defend season eight to the to the to the orcs come home from Lord of the Rings and come over the hill and fight the White Walkers in a in an IP crossover. Never mind. Um, but it's not just about that for me. I all the, the we're so used to conversations around Star Wars and stuff being formed by these. Headlines that become the full story. That's not the case. Uh, I'll I'll stop there for a second to catch my breath. Did this any of this make you grumpy, or am I on an island? I am in a perpetual state of simmering. Uh, <laughs> it feels like with with fandoms and stuff, and you know, uh, just a yeah. peek behind the curtain, behind the Alden curtain. I was recently, for reasons unbeknownst to me, yeah. locked out of my Twitter. I'm not suspended. Yeah. I'm not the account is still there. I just literally can't get in. I don't know if maybe I typoed my own password when I picked it, and it just. But I just can't get in. So uh, I've been on a forced detox, and oh boy, do I feel good! Wow. Uh, and it's been great because yeah. there is this constant simmer, and being in this space and seeing these articles and all this stuff. Uh, I, I have mm-hmm. to give a shout out to one of my best friends and co-host of mine, Nikki Kumar. He co-hosts my my Rebels show, a yeah. rewatch between worlds. And he said one day something that I think about every day, which is we are no longer a society consumed to equip, uh, equipped to consume stories. Yeah. Uh, and he said it out of you know joking anger, but yeah. there's something there where somewhere along the way, and I don't know what it was, um, had to be in the 2010s because yeah. I don't think we did this with the Nolan Batmans and you know things yeah. like that, but we started to conflate criticism of the process with criticism of the thing. Yeah. And frankly, I don't care uh, if Dave and Dan and George got into a triple threat ladder match, <laughs> uh, bloody brawl behind the scenes that yeah. has no bearing on the show for me. I want to know that yeah, because yeah. it's hilarious and cool. And, and I know that you yeah. and I, you know, I, I've, I've gone to you and been like, Ken, what book should I read about? Uh, the history of late night and things like that. Like it yeah. is cool to know as its own thing. Yeah. It's, but, but like the empire of dreams is not a star Wars movie. Yeah. The empire of dreams is a documentary about the people that made star Wars. Yeah. Uh, you know, those are the director of the Jedi is not a star Wars movie. So I think that somewhere along the way, people stopped wanting to good faith, talk about a thing, even if they don't like it. Mm-hmm. And because we're in a look at me, like my post, you know, like my tweets, retweet me culture, um, we need, we, we feel like we need empirical evidence to back up our points. Right. So if someone doesn't like season eight, it can't just be, I didn't like it because I, I, I didn't like what happened to Jamie. Mm-hmm. It has to be, I didn't like it. I didn't like what happened to Jamie. And I know why I didn't like what happened to Jamie. Yeah. And it's because of this person. Yeah. Uh, and that's just, that's not how to be. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And that's why I think my journey on this news story, uh, again, I, I, on this show, Cassidy Talk, even last week, uh, we mm-hmm. were talking about the episode that George wrote in, in season four, his final one, which is uh, mm-hmm. the Purple Wedding episode there. Um, and that he started to move off of there. And his notes 
from that episode to what it made air, his you know you got to do this, you got to do this. He started doing that a lot, and the show was already out out of the out of the stable. The the wagon and the horses were going down the dusty path. I I contend the show went in its own direction thirty seconds in. I keep saying that for a reason because they yep. knew even though they were trying to get George in that famous two thousand thirteen meeting, which all these news stories kind of talk about of Dan and Dave going to George saying, "Hey, we're passing you, buddy. What do you got?" And and how George admits, I'm a gardener as a writer. I grow and see what happens. Uh, I, and again, and, and Ranger Donald's pointing this out in, in chat. A lot of it was George's agent saying that uh, this and that, and, and that's true. Uh, and that's when you read the when you read the whole article, yeah. it's less George going, ah, they sucked and they this this did this. It was just some facts about the situation. But anyways, I I I just I think I was getting more grumpy at that at the end of the day. Not less grumpy at George by the time I was thinking about this, and more grumpy yes. at. Here we go again. This is going to be yeah. thrown at the show, and it's not good faith criticism for me. Yeah, I've said this about Star Wars, and I will say it about Game of Thrones. I am a season eight defender. Got my issues with it. And a, and a per, here's the thing: what I want is irrelevant. What I, you know, yeah. what ultimately that's how I feel about everything. Like, if I could have, if I could have shaped history, we, yeah. you know, season eight would have been everything Night King related and season nine would have been everything Cersei related. Right. In my right. humble opinion, those two storylines maybe shouldn't have shared a season, but I still liked it. And that's a different conversation. Right. Right. My problems with Game of Thrones, something that I love, or my problems with Star Wars, something that I love, are so not about the thing. My problem is yeah. about the, the culture and, and, and the media landscape and, yeah. and the people. And, and even these comments, you know, like I was telling you off air, you, you were like, oh, did you see the stories? I said, yeah. The first headline I see is he slammed Dan he and slams. Dave. He slams. He didn't slam him. He never slammed him. Yeah. Uh, it was just, you think that that man is, first of all, that the boys that he handpicked, yeah. you know, yeah. to run his thing, you think that he really is ultimately ungrateful for uh, everything yeah. that they did and did together. You know, it's it's like you said, with the, the growing apart in a healthy way, like, mm-hmm. is he going to work with them again? Probably not, you yeah. know, but is it like, does it have to be this horrible breakup? I don't think so. And, mm. you know, the last thing I'll say before I throw it back is that when it comes to Martin, there's two levels. The first level is a older gentleman in media, oftentimes mm-hmm. can be a little crotchety. We love George Lucas. Yeah. Like, come on. Like George Lucas yeah. on the force awakens press era mm-hmm. like you know charlie rose things like that like we yeah. remember like it, it, yeah a little difficult um i you know also uh, on another extreme i love harry potter got a harry potter tattoo not mm. not i can't jive with the way that the creator yeah. of that world has gone and and that and that is something that i think people have a difficulty reconciling yeah uh, i've said this to a lot of friends my age you need to be comfortable with the fact that you're going to be disappointed by human beings and that's a huge thing is that people can't process that inside. So they have to process it in an article. Like yeah. you and I both love classic rock yeah. and, and, and you know, a lot of these bands inside and out, lots of these bands filled with guys that aren't great. Yeah. That, yeah. that are in big and small ways. And, and sometimes I think that people should just follow, you know, almost like the Stan Lee example, you know, rest of mm. soul, the great Stan. Yeah. Lots of people from back in the day will tell you he was a scumbag. He stole ideas. You know, there's all that stuff to talk about. Yeah. But when he became the elder statesman Stan, he never cursed an adaptation. He yeah. never cared about a change. He never said they didn't follow my template. And so sometimes I want that for George. 
yeah. for him to just be like, that's their version. But I didn't make a fantasy world that changed the world. So. Yeah, no. Again, I, I'm sitting at uh, I'm sitting at the at the at the feet of George, I, and that's why I don't want to uh, you know make a joke about myself. I you know I want to be this yeah. old dude on the internet myself going, "Hey, George, you, 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 you. But at the same time, is you know, it's like finish your book, finish your story. You yours is not out there to be judged, and so you can, and don't help judge that. And again, I don't think he, again a lot of this isn't coming directly from him, but he doesn't he mm-hmm. hasn't helped at times. And as far as the template thing, even if that was the you know even if that that was said with with a lot of finger wagging and anger. It's like my my rebuttal to that is, you know, I'm holding one of your the books in your template, and I can tell you there's not a ton of feast for crow fans as there are the other books. In fact, I'm reading the actual note in the paperback here that George had to put in because he realized the book contained none of the characters we all loved and wanted to hear more of. He had to kind of address it. Uh, yeah. And the show, there was no way. And, and in the Dorn, I do believe there's a, the Dorn storyline's a bit of a fumble. And in and, and the book Fire and Blood they by James Hibbert, they kind of touch on some of the producers, touch on, I don't maybe we shouldn't have even done it because it was just so hard. There's no way a show going into its fifth season is going to jettison its popular cast, bring in an entire new plot line and land that you're not familiar with and be like, Y'all on board still? Like that is very difficult to do, and so even that's why I don't mm-hmm. even think that template argument is 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 done in any good faith. No, I, I completely agree. And, I, and earlier today, I can't get the exact quote. I have to look for it, but yeah. Benioff said as much. Like, are we going to not have Tyrion? Like, there's so <laughs> yeah. many and, and other characters, but you know, he's yeah. the, the one I remember for sure that he said. But it's a uh, you know, there's so much more movement going on. Like mm-hmm. Peter Dinklage is scooping up Emmys. Emmys equals money equals attention equals mm-hmm. all these things like that a novelist doesn't necessarily have to deal with because, yep. you know, there's it's it's pressure from on high. It's all of this stuff. And yeah. you combine that with the way that, you know, our, our culture is. I mean, this is not a one to one. And, you know, people mm-hmm. in the comments, I'm not trying to litigate Eternals, a movie that I really loved. I actually think Eternals is mm-hmm. pretty right. freaking smart. I have a chance and, and to see, pretty, but yeah, pretty beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's I think it's a, a thinking movie i think it has a little bit of that last jedi energy to Think, it. thinking can um, be tough yeah and i and i think that but with that it was the first mcu movie from yeah. since iron man one since the beginning mm-hmm. to not have an appearance from someone else in the universe that right. was established and that was a little bit of a feast for crow situation i think where people yeah. were like "Ooh, guardians of the galaxy are going to show up because it's in space and they didn't you know, so it's uh, you, know, you might toss in Star Wars. You know, it, 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 we always want to go to new worlds and new lands and, and not be tied down to the, the, the characters we know. You hear that a lot. And sure, let's try it. Let's see what happens. Uh, even High Republic is on planets and, and with Jedi that we're familiar with, at least their order. Um, yeah. And, and, and the other thing, finally, you you touched on it and, and, and I brought it up here on the show before. I hate to repeat stuff, but it's just in the news. Uh, mm-hmm. With this George, these George comments, or at least the comments attributed to his agent that are in this great book that I, by the way, can't wait to read. Uh, this mm-hmm. uh, this book uh, is right up my alley of uh, going inside the stuff. It's called Tinderbox, HBO's Ruthless Pursuit of New Frontiers by James Andrew Miller. Just to shout out that uh, work as well. But 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 like uh, George does not have to deal with uh, Marjorie Tyrell coming to him and going, "I want off the book." Whereas Natalie Dormer goes to the producers after I think season five and says, I'm done. I don't want to come back. I want to do other things. Kill me off. Kill me off now. So even if they had two or three seasons more for Marjorie in the show, they had to deal with the fact that this performer 
And yes, they've recast before, but you're not going to recast Marjorie Tyrell five or six seasons into Game of Thrones. Uh, mm. Julian Glover, General Veers himself, saying, I don't want to come back. What's the point? All I do is get beaten down by Cersei. I'm not feeling this role anymore. And they had to talk him back yeah. to come back for season six. George doesn't have to deal with that. And he knows that. And he's not saying he does it. You know, he's not, he's, he's not, he's not saying that. But, but, but uh, yeah. he, the books don't have to deal with that. He can take all the time in the world. And that's the thing is that it's okay for him to have, and that's another thing, accepting that people will disappoint you. It's also okay to accept that people are going to have mixed opinions. A lot of what he has yeah, said has been, this made me sad, but I get it. There's a lot of yeah. comma, but, in everything that Martin says about this show, as in, and, and he's entitled to that. But you're yeah. right. I mean, you know, again, to make the Star Wars connection, there are people that maybe don't like the sequel trilogy and are like, oh, but my legend stories, it's like, well, Mark Carey and Harrison didn't have anything to do with your legend stories. And yeah. if they had done seven, eight and nine in the late eighties or early nineties, there's no way in hell that yeah. it would have been even remotely similar no. um, to any of the Luke Hanalea adventures that happened in that yeah. period. So it's just about acknowledging um, the differences. And, and what, what did you say up top that Martin says that he, he writes like a gardener? He, he, he describes his gar writing as, as a, as a gardener where, you know, it springs up and, you know, I, the cynical way to look at that is, Hey George, you, you write yourself in the corners you can't get out of. So even Benioff and Weiss have said that, you know, that meeting we have in 2013 at, you know, probably a Mexican restaurant in Santa Fe, cause that's where George loves his chips and salsa. Like uh, even stuff he told them then Stuff has changed since then because on George's side of 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 uh, they, uh, there was a George has talked about a plot twist that he came up with and even said they couldn't even do this on the show. So yeah, he gave them somewhat of a template. I think they'll end up somewhat in a similar spot on the big things, but he's already he's not even on a template himself. He's in the exactly. garden just digging, planting roses, planting ivy, figuring out what's going to happen, writing himself into wonderful, delicious corners that I can't wait for him to share with us. First of all, when I wake up in the morning and I start work, I'm going to email my boss and say, I'm a gardener uh, in this job <laughs> and you're just going to have to bear with me to bear as with I me. experiment. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I would, again, the work versus the behind the scenes. One day I would love it if, if the NDAs are gone and everything and Dan and Dave just get on a podcast and go, all he gave <laughs> us was King Bran. Yeah. And he said, screw it. Put Bran on the yeah. throne and do whatever you want. Yeah. I would love to know what this notes package was this, this yeah. these bullet points i would freaking love to know yeah. but at the end of the day that's for these three grown men to decide and you yeah. know there's a nice funko pop pack of the three of them that you can get maybe that'll be the last time you see them together uh but <laughs> you know I, I i oh my funkos are over there i i i i think i i don't collect funkos anymore i might need that one i might need that set yeah you can get george by himself which I got with Fire and Blood, and then yeah. you can get the George, Dan, and David. It's hilarious. That's fantastic. Uh, well said on that stuff there. I don't want to blabber anymore. And again, I I, I mean, this morning I, I was like, I think I'm going to give George my piece of my mind. And it's like, well, for what reason, dummy? Sit in your room and do a YouTube show. Let George write yeah. the stories he wants to, to to tell. But at the same time, it's just I know what, lead, what it leads to, to where a, a dumb coffee cup showing on a table, up on a table for one episode was used against the show itself that's where i kind of just took a leap off the cliff and did not want to yeah. turn back to the discourse i was like we're done i'm done here with that mm -hmm. and this George and again that's the that's the culture of like we're already sort of salty about the season you know it yeah. was Absolutely. those 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 monday mornings were dicey you know they were really yeah. dicey they were dicey um but 
Mandalorian has an entire human being in a shot <laughs> and you hear nothing because we're happy with the show. We're happy with the show. That becomes a meme. That yeah. becomes really funny. That becomes, oh no, Favreau, leave it in, leave it in. Right. Uh, so it just shows that like we move toward, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a what have you done for me lately yeah. society. Yeah. One, co- and- one coffee cup shows up and proof that Benioff and Weiss didn't care and wanted to leave the show as quick as possible. You know, uh, it's crazy times. But, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm still excited. Cannot wait for Winds of Winter. Cannot wait for the expansion of this universe on TV, whether it's live action series, animated shows, uh, supplemental books. I want I want Fire and Blood Volume 2. I want George to finish Winds of Winter, but I also want Fire and Blood Volume 2. I, I, I love those kind of things. Give me more. Can I ask you, even yeah. though it's your show, can I throw a question your way? Oh, please. I'm curious, and I, and I, I check in with my Thrones friends about this. Yeah. Where are you right now on the relationship of Winds and Winter and Dream of Spring? Is it going to be one giant tome? Because I'm starting to think that maybe they're one book. Like, where are you at right now with your fan theories about these unpublished works? Um, I, I, you know, I I love a good conspiracy theory. Uh, You know, I don't believe most of them. I believe conspiracy theories are used to uh, detach yourself from the fear of the truth. But uh, in this particular case, I'm ready to detach myself uh, from the truth (laughs) of these books. I do think... After a while, he wanted to, you know, he couldn't get out of a corner, cor- many corners he wrote himself into. I think he thought maybe there's some benefit to waiting a little bit. Um, uh, and, and then now I think, I, and, and I don't I don't mean to, I'm, de- I'm definitely not an ageist person because I've been kept off of shows because of the gray in my beard. So I don't want to, but he's 73, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's not Schwarzenegger. Uh, yeah. and, and maybe he's got that, like, I don't want this. I don't want my biggest legacy to be in someone else's hands, not talking about Dan and Dave, but even from an author, Wheel of Times in the in in, in the public yeah. eye right now, and we know what happens with with Robert Jordan in that series. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe George is going, yeah. Let me just, I'm I'm going to buckle down. It's going to take 15 years, but let me do it all because I want it to be mine, and I need it to be mine, and I as a fan want it to be his. So if if I get a 2,000 page book, hell, 3,000 page book, it's called Winds of a Dream of Spring Winter. Boom. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. And, and that's where I, you know, I'm sort of at that too, where it's like, I, I have such a respect for the Eddie creator. That's like, no, it's mine. Like, and not in a bitter mine. way, but like yeah. only I can go out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to go out on my sword, good, bad, and different. I did it my yeah. way. I mean, you grew up loving George Lucas that ends up in your blood, yeah. you know, cause that's, that's what he always did. And yeah. so, I've, I've wondered, I'm like, is it just going to be one book? Because there's so much conversation about Winds of Winter that sometimes people forget, like, this is not the end. You know, there is going to be another novel. Not so sometimes end. I'm like, maybe he'll do the the Matrix Reloaded Revolutions and say, yeah. I'm publishing one in spring and one in winter. Like, and great. people will go crazy. Like, you know, we could theorize about that all the time. But I've, I've wondered, I'm like, what if Dream just isn't a thing and it's quietly, like, folded in? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I am... I am excited for him and I am, I do respect, I believe he has said like, I have no plans to wheel of time this, you know, if I go, yep. it's over, you know, it's yeah. not going to happen that way. So, it's, um, uh, but you know what? Ridley Scott's got 10 years on him and he had yep. two films this year. So there's hope. Spielberg, yeah. Hey, hope. Yeah. Again, to be clear, <laughs> 70, 73 is not a number that scares me. And even, you know, yeah. I don't know his health. I don't know his blood work. I'm not, I don't, I don't mean to, 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 to look at him negatively in that way, but just, you know, I, I've seen him down a plate of wings at the Fox sports grill at comic con about five years ago. And I was right there down in an entire plate of nachos. So I'm not, but it's like, 
I, I think about that. I don't, I don't mean to be morbid. I don't mean to be morbid. I, I do think about it. And, and I want to know his ending. I want to know it so bad, whatever it is. I still think some of the big points will be the same. I think it almost has to be. Uh, and Insider.com is a great article. If you never looked at it, go dig. Uh, mm. They got some great stuff. Of, I, I love some good, thoughtful, um, not even criticisms of season, season eight, but looking at what's there and finding out what was, you know, uh, Danny becoming the Mad King and not being handled completely smooth does come off some some somewhat of a, a sexist trope, and and that yeah. is problematic. And and I do, I do think. I've been talking a lot on this series. We're about to talk about episode four, season uh, season three, uh, excuse me, ep- season four, episode three. So many numbers in my head, mm. which has that uh, the, the Jamie uh, uh, Cersei uh, rape scene, which is is the first big controversy Game of Thrones really does face. Uh, and I do think the show was slow, slow to adjust to uh, kind of changing uh, the, the, the society and, 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 and our social wants and desires as audience members. I do think yeah. it had some issues. I'm all there for those conversations. Even my fiance Grace is she loves she loves season eight. She loves what Danny does. She just goes, I, I wish there was one more beat moment episode of of her answer and her perspective of it a little bit more instead of they turned her into maybe a, a weapon of mass destruction that we're d- disconnected from. It was a choice they made. I'm all yeah. there for those conversations. It's just when you throw the coffee cup at me, that's where I want to walk away. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, again, I say we were trained for this the day after the finale mm-hmm. and actually not the day after the finale. I'm sorry. The day after the bells, um, you know, I was working, I still work morning radio, but I was working for a show at the time that had long talk segments mm-hmm. and we had New York times bestselling author, Brad Meltzer on the show. Yeah. Uh, Brad was a friend of the show and he would call in, people would ask him about decoded or about, you know, his Lincoln book, his Washington book. And Brad and I became friends over time. And he called me and he said, I don't know about her turn, man. And I said, you know what? I grew up on Anakin's turn mm-hmm. and, and people lobbed the same. It's too quick criticism at it for so long right. that I feel like I am almost instinctively like, nope, nope. Got to give it a rewatch. It must be there. You know, like it, it the, the meat has to be there. So yeah. I think that, um, well, yeah. for better or worse, I mean, you did panel shows for a long time and things like that. Like we, we created this knee jerk beast. <laughs> Trust and me. I think I, I think, feel, I, I apologize to everyone for being part of the explosion of panel shows, treating movies and TV shows like sports. I apologize for that, but I, Hey, we, enjoy this one right now. Th- th- this is a, this is more of a, more of a rumination, more <laughs> of a, a marination. Rumin- no, but yeah. We need to, uh, we created this beast and we need to put it down. Yeah. We, yeah. Like, we, or, or adapt it. <laughs> it's our monster. Ad- adapt it. Adapt it. No, because I, I, I am going to die on the hill that Danny's turn isn't just layered in. It is the point of the story and mm-hmm. there from almost the beginning and definitely baked in from season three on. And that I'll shout out, I should shout, I, I, I didn't prepare to talk about it today, but that insider.com uh, website has a great article on that. Like, no, whether, whether it's different or not, it might. It's probably going to end up similar because it's Danny's story all the way through season eight is aligned with a lot of George R. R. Martin's thinking about the the morality or immorality of war and the effects attended and unintended consequences. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I'm there for those kind of discussions. I think you're right. I think it is there and is similar to the Anakin to the Anakin turn because I was there in 2005 as a bit of an older fan going. He just killed Mason and he bowed to one knee. And it's like, nah, the story was there from the moment you meet the kid. You just weren't paying attention, which excites me to dive in more and explore more of that. And I heard the adult Star Wars fans, my uncle, his friends, like I heard people say, like, can't believe, you know, one movie and the prequels, you know, get 
crapped yeah. on until there was someone else to crap on. Because, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. the, uh, literally like I've, I've said this yeah. before and I stand by it. The greatest thing that George ever did uh, for his own cultural reputation was selling. Yeah. And it, because then it became the, well, the George days, you know, yeah. like you mythologize yourself once you leave. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in, ter- in terms of leaving, it's, it's obviously different with Dan and Dave. They're younger guys still working. Yeah. I am fascinated and I hone in. I, I have spent hours thinking about Tyrion telling Jon Snow, ask me again in 10 years. Yeah. Like <laughs> ask me again in 10 years is Dan and Dave. And I'm not a sports guy, but yeah. this is the only way I can explain it is it's Dan and Dave throwing a basketball and then walking off court and not looking. Yeah. Not yeah. looking to see if it gets in. Like it's not yeah. ours anymore. It's our retirement game. Did it swish? Did it not even get close? You tell I don't know. Us. Ask me again in 10 years. Yeah. And 10 years from now, we won't care as much. Yeah. And the perspective will change. We're living in that era 20 years after the launch of the prequels in Star Wars mm-hmm. with this, that. And as far as uh, George R. R. Martin, of course, yeah, he hasn't sold. Uh, he's still around. But I think his his uh, mythology is intact because his ending didn't come first. If he had got to Dream of Spring before the show ends and we were dealing with his ending before we knew it on the show, that I, I bet you there would have been some debate of, ah, Danny did this, John did this. No, it's just the way we are. And it's okay to have those discussions. Uh, good point here uh, as we start to wrap up. Uh, Balerion the Conqueror is here, not conquering us, but adding to the conversation. St. George did say Dream of, Spring will be, Dream of Spring will be an epilogue, so it could eventually be a much smaller book. I actually would like that too. Uh, a a 1,500 to 2,000 page Winds of Winter and then like a 200 page Dream of Spring. Yeah, Dream of Spring could just be like this nice pamphlet that you can write just in for. Fold it out. Like, There's a crossword, really nice. a color. You you find the names of the people who survived in the crossword. Or the, or they the, always <laughs> do these like gorgeous editions, and you can get the leather bound Game of Thrones, the illustrated Game of Thrones, the ones that look like Bibles, they yeah, have like Bible paper. I, uh, yep, uh, I have that one. I'm I, looking at it now. I think Dream of Spring should just only be available in airports. <laughs> only airport paperback. At Hudson That's News. It. At a Hudson News. <laughs> yeah. Go to Guy exactly. Ferrari's uh, restaurant, which Mark Ellis and I love, and we'll die on that hill, and then head over to Hudson's News and then get a, get your copy of the only airport-exclusive Dream of Spring. Uh, all that I, I love hanging out and talking with you. Uh, you, yeah, are, you are so good at this and a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, uh, we are generally aligned in our sense of celebrating the things we love uh, and digging in. And I agree with what Lauren Romo is saying in chat. If you rewatch your series, Danny's turn is hinted at so much, but it was subtle and well set up in her opinion, and uh, we support that here. But we love the discussion around it. Yeah, this we love having those mm-hmm. deep dives. Alden, thanks for coming in here. It was very last minute for you. I I reached out. Was like, I uh, help me, and you showed up. Uh, 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 you know, the beacons were lit, and uh, you, uh, Rohan, answered here. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to be Rohan. I mean, at least at least at that period in, in Lord of the Rings, you don't want to be Gondor during the trilogy. You just no. don't. Like, there's nothing yeah. good happening there. But yeah, yeah, it was great to get the the invitation, and uh, it's so funny because I I even had the thought earlier today. Over morning coffee, I was like, ah, "The Rogers in the news cycle just feels almost foreign." <laughs> it uh, does, and I guess now that you know we get closer and closer to twenty twenty two, I mean, like, 
this time next year, we could be doing weekly discussions, man, about that's, new episodes. That's so. that's the plan around these parts with Casterly Talk and, and all the people who've been on the show before. Uh, Lauren Harris, Rachel Cushing, Michelle Boyd, Andres Cabrera, and others. Uh, Lauren Roma, yourself, will be popping back on here, as well as those fans. I love doing these shows live, interacting with wonderful folks like Victor Bracamontes, who's been... Victor, you've been supporting the show here so well. I just cannot thank you enough for that. Oscar Film Forecasts and uh, nice things uh, about that. But even if you don't agree with 100% everything I say. I just love to explore it. I love to dig in. And that's what we're doing on the Game of Thrones rewatch. We will get back to season four, episode three, Breaker of Chains, coming soon. Uh, Michael, thanks for the nice comments. Alden, before we get out of here, let the folks know what you're up to. You got a great uh, Star Wars network going and other things as well. Sell yourself, my friend. Put yourself over. Well, uh, on Octo Radio Star Wars podcast, it's uh, become a podcast feed. Uh, there's three shows there now. There's Octo Radio proper, where I interview people from across the Star Wars space, people that are either fan creators or cosplayers, interviewers. Ken's been on a couple times. We've had discussions about why we love Star Wars. We've talked about Bad Batch before Bad Batch was even a show, and now we've already gotten through a season. So time go. is crazy. Uh, there's also The Mandatorian Creed, which is hosted by my wonderful friend, Tori Fox, who's a costumer and a crafter and she does these multi-part breakdowns of different star wars topics that are wonderful and joyous and then a rewatch between worlds rewatching rebels i've also got another podcast called the one and done film club where we analyze all of your favorite franchises by litigating and debating which one we should watch uh, and then we put it on the shelf so only one rocky movie has to stand for rocky only one alien movie has to stand for alien and seeing not which one's the best but which one feels right? Star Wars, we've been doing it by trilogies because we just can't. That's, we yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Uh, and then great. Game of Thrones, I don't have anything regular Game of Thrones wise. Um, but sometimes I just I hold this dragon glass that I have and I think, you know, I miss that place. And yeah. so I was happy to be here today. So. Hey, love to have you on here. For me, uh, you all can follow me uh, at Ken Napsock or go to my website, KenNapsock.com. Uh, bring it back. Ken Goes Live. Moving it over from the old network to my own YouTube channel. Thanks for subscribing to this YouTube channel so we can build out Casually Talk as we race towards House of the Dragon. But as always, we're a podcast as well. Uh, I got music with uh, Pop Rocket Radio going on as well over on Mixcloud. But that is it for now. So much fun hanging out, talking the news, and not getting grumpy. Just talking and celebrating this world of ice and fire that we love so much. We'll see y'all next time here on Casterly Talk. Mm-hmm.